I haven't drank at all in like two months. I've been keeping pace for you, buddy. Well, I'm I'm cracking open a beer for the first time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Now I have an excuse for being as stupid as I am. Yep. I shouldn't drink for two months. That sounds good. It probably makes you less likely to die, but it also kind of sucks. Yeah. 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 But you know probably should have chosen a beer that i like the taste of more (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh well got some wine here would you like some honey apple mead yeah i'll mix it with this uh louisville pale it's a hazy pale ale i don't know what that is i don't know what any of this stuff means it's just a really bitter beer yeah it's just a yeah 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 just a wash in marketing terms now. Yeah. We don't even know what they mean anymore. But this is hazy. It is. I bet Tyler could explain it, but he's downstairs. No. Instead, we're going to have to try to explain it ourselves as we take a look once again behind the green door. We're one step beyond. Just oh, like uh, like Madness or the famous ska band. Oh, <laughs> Boss, don't look at me blankly. You need to expand your knowledge of 80s music. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Our house? You know that one? Our house. In the middle of the street? Yeah. In the middle of our street? It's in the middle of something. It's kind of it's kind of British, so it's a little hard to understand. Okay, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's them. Okay. Yeah. House of Fun? You don't know that one, though. No. I do. I know the House of the Rising Sun. It's House of the Rising Fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this isn't my madness podcast. This is our porn podcast. Oh, yeah. So, uh, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. Hello. And, uh, yeah, as, I, as I've hinted at, I'll go ahead and say that today we are talking about Behind the Green Door, the sequel. hmm Which uh, is a very interesting movie. Uh, I did not know going in exactly... Uh, the background of this film. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, no, I did not either. And uh, it left me asking some questions as the film went on. But uh, the film itself was specifically made to be giving a safe sex message to its audience. Yes, it was. Uh, I didn't, at first, I wasn't sure if it was like trying to subvert the safe sex message of the time or not, but it, it, it was legitimately trying to do so. Yeah. Like, and, uh, uh, like Madonna. Oh yeah. But yeah, this is a 1986 right in the middle of the AIDS crisis. Yeah. And, uh, this has, uh, not only some very direct, uh, dialogue talking about safe help. sex. What? You're born in 1986. Why didn't you do something? You're right. I should have done something. You're just, you're as bad as Reagan and Fauci. (laughs) He was in charge then. I'm not being weird, but 
He's kind of fucked up twice, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but yeah, the Mitchell brothers decided to step in, and uh, the Mitchell brothers do what Reagan don't. Yeah. That's because he would have been completely against this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thankfully... But not his wife. Oh. Yeah, she loved... We've talked about that, you know. She's, she was known for her blowies? Yeah. She yeah. She was known for her blowies, and I think this would be the kind of film she would appreciate. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> in this film, not only do we have some very direct uh, dialogue about safe sex, but in all of the sex scenes, all of the performers use condoms, dental dams, and even medical exam gloves. Mm-hmm. Like for uh, horses. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, in this case, it wasn't so much for horses as it was for a cast of, like, 75 people. And yeah. uh, led by Missy Manners, who plays Gloria. Mm-hmm. And uh, James Martin, who plays a man who is at first referred to as Rambo, but we eventually learn is named Barry. Yep. Barry. Oh, he had a whole name earlier. Oh, well. Okay, well, anyhow. Barry Clark. Oh, okay, so here is a uh, a note uh, about the production from the Wikipedia page, which I am just now reading for the first time. Or Missy Manners was formerly a United States Senate page uh, receptionist for Utah Republican Center Orrin Hatch. Oh. And daughter of the Undersecretary of Education during the administration of George H.W. Bush. Though Manners was in a relationship with producer Artie Mitchell, mm-hmm. she maintains that she auditioned for the lead role in the film, a claim which many who were significantly involved in the project disputed. Her links to Republican Party officials were emphasized in publicity for the film, in much the same fashion as her predecessor, Marilyn Chambers, having modeled for Ivory Snow. Oh. Hmm. Orrin Hatch, huh? Uh, under reception, it says, Behind the Green Door, the sequel was a critical and commercial disaster. Jim and Artie Mitchell ended up losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in this venture. Well, that's a bummer. Well, uh, people don't like... People don't want it to be safe. It's... People have rejected it roundly. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this film is... Going raw tonight, boys. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy and I have purposely taken off our condoms for this episode. Yeah, normally we keep them on. Right. But now we're not. <laughs> Usually we like to just have them in place in case we ejaculate mid-episode. Yeah, it's, it saves... You don't gotta wash your pants so much. Yeah. But uh, this episode, we're raw-dogging it Yep. Um, in protest. I think so, yeah. I don't, don't know. You hate... should probably be safe and not try to, try not to get HIV and other venereal diseases. No. And not pregnant unless you want to be? No. Oh, okay. Well, no. we'll have to debate this throughout the film. We're going to have to. Uh, Orrin Hatch. Oral Hatch. Yeah. Oral down the hatch. Yep, Oral Hatch. Oral B Hatch. Delicious. Now, she was connected to those people, and it was a financial disaster. There's a... I got a book about the Mitchell brothers that I haven't read yet. It's a true crime book called X-Rated. They, uh... There were some murders. I think one of them murdered the other, maybe? Yeah, I think one of them killed the other. I mean, like the fella killed the other fella. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I got to get into that book. Uh, yeah, Jim killed Artie in 1991. Because of this movie. Uh, I'm sure it didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. If it was such a uh, financial failure, it probably yeah. didn't help the situation. Yeah. This movie's really adding fuel to the fire. <laughs> what a troubled film. Well... It's a troubled film with a noble message. Yeah, and you know, sometimes people need to swallow a bitter pill. Yeah. Have you ever used a dental dam? No. No, me neither. They seem horrifying. I've received them before, but I don't know. No one's just ever, it's never been insisted upon that I dental dam it up. I don't feel like they're a thing that people use these days. Maybe they were like, just were like, hey, these suck. But I don't know. They still, some people use them. I think prostitutes or uh, sex workers or whatever you, you, or the the name of what we're going to call them. Okay. I think they're still getting into them. Uh, probably maybe for like rimming and stuff, probably popular. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. But uh, no, do it raw. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm eating raw. I got food allergies. That's fine. But. If you used a dental dam, could you eat a lobster? I think if I if I if I put a dental dam in, I could at least chew some shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll be back to talk about Behind the Green Door, the sequel. turn things over to boss. I don't have notes for the first like eight minutes of this because my cat wouldn't get off of me. <laughs> okay. Well, Behind the Green Door, the sequel opens on a horrifying upside down mouth person. Oh, yes. Who explains what you are about to see never really happened. Here we deal in fantasy. Yours, hers, his, and ours. We hope you enjoy the show. So then we cut to our title credits on screen, and we hear a plane PA announcement telling passengers to return to their seats, noting they're about to land in San Francisco. Passengers are throwing away trash in uh, a bag that a flight attendant here is carrying, this being Gloria. They're all lounging around doing crosswords and flirting with each other. This is all first-person POV from Gloria's uh, point of view. Mm -hmm. One of Gloria's male flight attendant 
colleagues tells her that there's a guy who's gotten sick in the toilet, but he's going to handle it. A woman is reading a newspaper that says, SF adopts safe sex. Good. That's our first sign of the uh, message of the film. I ignored it completely. Gloria picks up a condom off the floor and hands it to a guy nearby who smiles and says, It must have fallen out of my pocket. There's an older guy and a large woman who are both talking on the plane phones. They're sitting across from each other, and as we hear both parts of their conversation, it seems that they're having phone sex with one another. That's safe sex. Yeah, it is. Gloria and another female flight attendant sit down. The other lady notes that she's ready for this flight to be over as she keeps getting pinched by the passengers. The plane, a miniature, seems to have its landing gear fail as the plane skids across the tarmac. Oh, God. They're all going to (laughs) die. The lady flight attendant tells Gloria that she needs to stop watching so much TV. Meanwhile, uh, Gloria's male colleague is trying to get a date with her. The plane is still skidding as these conversations are going on, but does eventually stop. They're used to it. Uh, They're used to these rough landings. Gloria's female colleague tells the captain uh, that this is a plane, not a basketball, and gives him shit for that landing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe they're not used to it. The passengers then deplane, and uh, we get Gloria's POV as she's facing them as they're all walking off of the plane. The crew leaves as well, and we cut to the airport, where the flight attendants from this flight are all walking together, mm-hmm. uh, other than the male flight attendant. Yeah, he's gone off to who knows what. Yeah. But uh, the ladies are complaining about being called girls by the captain, and they run into another group of flight attendants. They ask who the original group's captain was. It was Captain Rich Walker, who the other ladies call Captain Dick, the human tripod. Oh. We Uh, (laughs) follow... The dubbing. You like the dubbing in this? Oh, yeah. It's definitely out of sync the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we follow these ladies through the airport for a bit. They talk about the weird characters that live near Gloria's apartment. Particularly, they talk about this man who's in a wheelchair who they call Rambo. Because he always has, like, camo fatigues on. Yeah. They note that he lives with his mother. There's there's nothing wrong with that. One of the ladies talks about a guy that she had sex with who asked her if he found her G-spot. She says she responded that he should learn his alphabet better because a G comes after more than five minutes of F. I get it. The ladies all get on a, like, private bus or shuttle together. Yeah, it's a little shuttle, you know, take them to where <laughs> and, they go. And I thought that they were all getting together to, like, go to a party on a west on the West Coast here. Yeah. I thought they but were, in fact, <laughs> they were just getting rides home, apparently. Yeah, I thought this was, like, carrying them to the green door. Yeah. Well, the chatter is hard to place because we don't get to see the people's mouths moving who are talking. Yeah. So you don't know who's saying what. So, like, keeping track of the conversation is impossible. But eventually, Gloria gets dropped off by the bus. There's there was one line that says someone was bisexual. They like men and boys. <laughs> Which is, uh, ooh. Oh, boy. Yeah. So 
As Gloria walks into her building, she passes the doorman who's wearing a cape and like fake Superman muscles. No, yeah, he's um like an M. Bison kind of doorman because he's like a cape and like that kind of like. Oh yeah, the hat. Yeah, the hat doorman and like captains and such wear a similar cap. Yeah. I guess the doorman is sort of like he's at the helm of the building in a way. Oh, yeah, I and, guess like, so. And, like, he has to keep out homeless people, which are, like, icebergs. And if the building collapses, he has to stay inside. Yeah, he has to go down with the building. <laughs> yes. If it catches on fire or collapses <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. And he doesn't even get a chair. We see as Gloria's walking in that the elevator door keeps trying to shut, but a prosthetic hand keeps stopping it. We get a better look, and it's Barry, the so-called Rambo guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not that he has a prosthetic hand in place of his own hand. No. He just is holding a prosthetic hand in his hand. Yeah. Is and it is using it to stop the elevator from shutting. I guess it's nicer than like having to like, because he's in a wheelchair, it's better than having to like wheel yourself forward to touch the thing. I guess. I don't know. You know, you just uh, make your life easier. But Gloria gets in the elevator with him, and as she's riding up the elevator alongside this guy, she's having... Uh, audio flashbacks of her prior conversation Mm -hmm. about this guy who they were talking about how he lives with his mother and all of that as gloria leaves the elevator barry stops her and reminds her to take her umbrella which she left behind gloria grabs it and walks off and barry pauses to watch her leave before taking off himself we see gloria enter her apartment then We cut to Barry in his decidedly darker apartment. Gloria looks out her window and can see into another apartment where an old woman is rocking back and forth in a rocking chair. We cut to Barry's apartment, and it appears that he has the rocking chair set up with a mannequin, and he's using a telescope to look into Gloria's apartment. Yeah, he's got like a Home Alone setup. Yeah. He's rigged up like a fake mom. Who just sits on rocks in her chair 24 hours a day. Or a psycho setup. Yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't have a whole lot of, you know, he didn't have any fancy gears and pulleys, did he? No, he didn't, but he did have like a... He did have a dead mom. A dead mom that he kept in the window. She might be dead, she might be a mannequin. I don't think we ever get a clear shot of her. That's fair. But, uh, I'm gonna, I think she might be dead. I think you're right. She's all wrapped up like in Black Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. In her apartment, Gloria seems to be making alcoholic drinks. Clears, not browns. A classic mistake. Mm, gotta have brown. Or, or amber. Yes. We see... A sort of brown. Yeah. It's on the brown scale, that amber. Yeah, it sure is. We see Barry looking at Gloria's silhouette through another window with binoculars. He's drinking brown, but unfortunately it's Jack Daniels and not at minimum Jim Beam. Oh man, I had a little bit of Jack Daniels the other night and I couldn't finish it. It's so sweet. Yeah, it's I don't like it. If you're going to, don't drink Tennessee brown, drink Kentucky brown, damn it. Yeah, Kentucky brown, keep it down. Yes. (laughs) So Gloria comes out of the bathroom dancing in a robe, drinking her clear, and she pops on the TV drops a VHS into her VCR. And wouldn't you know it, the movie that she puts on is Behind the Green Door. Whoa. It's, um, it's pretty meta. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think pornography was getting uh, a bit like that around this time. Cause didn't uh, Gerard Damiano do like Throat 12 Years Later? Yeah, I don't think anybody was watching Deep Throat in that movie, though. That's fair, but it is, but it's like a reflection on Deep Throat, though, right? It's something like that? Not really. It's okay. just like, it's just, uh, it's, we'll cover it soon. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking that it was really good, but I don't remember the details. I don't think it was really directly connected with the okay. original. I was thinking, maybe it's something else I'm thinking of, but I was thinking there was one that was kind of like, it was sort of served as, I guess, like an update for the 80s. That, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Everything I know about porn, I just pick up secondhand like a, like a school child. Oh, yeah. That's how it goes. It's I go out to the stumps and I find out new information every day. <laughs> so as Barry's watching Gloria, he zooms in on Gloria's TV. And this gives Barry the great idea... And uh, he pops in his own copy of Behind the Green Door mm. and starts to fast forward to sync his copy up with hers. Uh, I feel like VCRs are pretty expensive in 1986. 1986, we're starting to get in the mainstream era of okay. VCRs. All right. I think that the cost of the tapes themselves was still pretty expensive. So like a $40 for... I bet these porn airplane. movies they were charging for like... 80 bucks or something oh, man, ridiculous. That, it's like $200 now yeah. <laughs> or more. That's crazy. But yeah, uh, no, I've seen ads for like some of them and the prices did seem a bit outrageous in the early days. Yeah. Thank God we've entered the age where it was more of a renter's market. Yeah. 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 You could just rent the same tape over and over or just copy it or just copy it. Uh, or, I bet renting old porno tapes was a risk. I bet there was a lot of stuff that was just worn out. Yeah, you're probably right. I never rented a porno tape because yeah. I was not of age. Yeah. What a shame. Missed out on something great, probably. We need to get our Raincoat Report time machine so that we can go yeah. go to Times Square theaters in the 70s and Video go rent porno in tapes 80s. in the 80s. Yeah, we need to jump around and travel through time. Yes. Um could probably work on that at the Raincoat Institute a little bit. Yeah, we need to hire a Doc Brown type. Yeah, and get an engineer and get like a, we can. We'll, we'll hire the uh, doctor from Pretty Peaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Back in Gloria's apartment, she seems to have stopped the tape in order to pull out and plug in her large wand vibrator. She turns the movie back on. The attachment for, like, this Hitachi vibrator is, like, the size of, like, a small, like, wheel. Yes. Barry, at his place, seems to sync up his copy with Gloria's, and, uh, of course, it's at this point that I noticed by listening to the dialogue that the original character in Behind the Green Door was also named Gloria, so it all lines up. Gloria sits down and fires up her vibrator, opening up her robe to reveal her rockin' bod. As in the movie, the character Gloria is uh, guided through relaxation as she's taken to the green door place uh, by a woman who tells her to relax her feet, calves, legs, etc. And as she's doing this, uh, our Gloria, who's watching the movie, is rubbing the vibrator across her body step by step uh, on the body parts that are day. being named. Yes, day by day. Hmm. 
That's when I knew to turn TGIF off. (laughs) (laughs) She brings the vibrator up to her nipples, down to her belly, and then finally she presses the vibrator against her vagina. Barry continues peeping. We continue to hear the audio of the movie playing. We get a shot of Barry jacking his cock, seemingly shifting his attention back and forth from the movie and real-life Gloria. We then... Cut from here to a car driving down the streets of San Francisco. It pulls up in front of Cosmopolitan Motors, and the driver gets out and opens the back passenger door, letting out a blonde gentleman who uses the buzzer outside to introduce himself as Barry Clark. So this is our Rambo Rambo. guy, Mm -hmm. but it is, uh, in my guess, uh, a fantasy that he's having at this point. Or it seemed that way. He's following along the exploits of the uh, male characters in Behind the Green Door. Mm-hmm. And so the garage door opens and lets him in, and Barry walks into a dark room and the lights come on. There's a super muscular guy lifting free weights, wearing nothing but a tuxedo pattern G-string. He says, You've been here before, Clark. You know the rules, but there have been a few changes. So he's tossed three pairs of latex gloves, two lubricated condoms, and Barry interjects in a partridge in a pear tree, uh, which the guy yells at him for being a wise ass. And he is instead uh, tossed one tube of spermicidal lubricant. Now beat it. The show's already started. Yeah, get out of here. So Barry walks past the muscle man and is greeted by a little person who yells at Barry for being late. This character's name is Squirt. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Presumably because he's a little person. Uh, that makes sense in an 80s porno sort of way. <laughs> Inside, there's a woman next to a fake horse holding a tiny dog, Jalapeno the Wonder Dog. Yeah. We don't really get to see much more of Jalapeno. No, I wonder what her uh, performance really was here. Yeah. Does they say something about a donkey? I don't know. Or a pony, maybe? There was a fake horse next to her, but it was like plastic or something, so I don't know. Huh. Would have liked to see that act. Yeah. The curtain comes down and Barry, seated at a table near the stage. We're told by the announcer, every other Saturday there's there's a performance by Pinocchio and Geppetto, where one lucky lady in the audience gets to participate by sitting on his face and chanting, Lie to me, lie to me. A waitress tells Barry that someone wants to see him, and an older man waves at him across the room. Barry invites him and the two ladies that he's with to his quote-unquote ringside table. A woman tells the room about using latex condoms. Someone asks a question about using them with oil-based lubricants, specifically asking if that means they can't use it with vegetable shortening. She says, only use that to make a pie, and they laugh. <laughs> Uh, condom uh, at the time, it's kind of like an oval. But our condoms nowadays are more of a square, a circle. <laughs> <laughs> You've been nope. wearing square condoms? <laughs> well, I've got like, uh, yeah, I've got a, you know, it's squared. Mostly. Oh, okay. It's got four sides. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't notice that. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I wonder what the change-up was. Maybe those weren't as easy to roll on because they were already like all deformed. Yeah, maybe. Who can say? 
who will say? Well, a waitress comes up and gets Barry's drink order, which is a, a bottle of brute champagne. And then someone puts on a song on the jukebox, and this is where we get our 80s dance song performance of Behind the Green Door. Yes, the famous song that inspired the film we all know and love. Yes. Uh, there is a whole room full of weirdos dancing, some masked, others not. This performance goes on for quite a while. Mm -hmm. uh, eventually and mercifully it ends and the audience <laughs> applauds and we move on to a scene with another performance not a fan of this version no i mean it it wasn't bad it was just like what is happening now because this because it goes on for like four minutes yeah it's like a whole <laughs> it is like a whole like musical number and but it wasn't like there were a bunch of like things going on there, there was just shots of the people dancing around the room and then this woman singing at the camera. Yeah, it was yeah, kind of like a low-quality like music video. Yeah. Uh, there's a group of women on stage in like ancient uh, Greek or Roman dresses. Yeah. And out comes Gloria with them in white lingerie. Barry points at her and says, That's my next-door neighbor. That's when I put together that this was Rambo's fantasy. Oh. The group of women surrounding Gloria run their hands up and down her body and use their and use a, a wand vibrator on her. They reveal and fondle her breasts. The ladies surround and undress her for a bit, eventually pulling her to the ground and holding her legs open, continuing to caress her body as they press the vibrator against her vagina and go to town. In fact, there are now two vibrators at play. Yeah, there are multi and they have, they have different heads as well. Yes. Different attachments. I suppose maybe the larger one is just for like massaging your like feet and muscles and stuff. Right. And then the classic uh like little dome shaped kind of thing, you know, that's yeah. that, for your privates. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have to I don't use one, you know, like I've, fair. I've I've used one right. with someone else, but I don't know. I don't want to just rub it on my balls. They'll get yeah. all, they'll get all numb. Yeah, that's uh, it's a little intense for the balls. You yeah. really scramble them. Yeah, I don't need that. It might undo my vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, pick her up and place her on a f on her feet after a bit, and the room applauds and laughs. The audience members kiss. We then see a door open, and a couple, a bride and groom, walk in. The host asks if they're sure they're in the right place, and they say they got tickets and. They kind of shrug and are seated. Barry, at, a, at the table, points up to the stage and says, Hey, ain't that your brother up there? Up from the sky drop three men on trapeze swings with huge throbbing dongs. Yeah, all dressed as sort of like satyrs. They yeah. have like little goat horns. They're not as satyry as what will come later. No, they don't They don't have the uh, the feet of a satyr. Yeah, they don't. But they, they uh, do have the horns and throbbing dongs of a satyr. Yes, the dongs are perhaps the most important feature, so at least they got that. Yes. So uh, at this point, we can definitely see where we are kind of following the uh, performances that appeared in the original film. Definitely, and... Uh, I think this was shot at the same, like, it was the O'Farrell Club or whatever. It was the club the Mitchells owned. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it just looks like there's a little bit of, like, maybe, like, updating between the 70s and the 80s for it, which you yeah. would expect if you're running a sex club. Taste change. 
Well, instead of the uh, very simple green door of the original, we now have like a Medusa head door. Which is pretty tight. I like that. Oh, there's some good set design. Like, I like that the whole thing is sort of like a Greek mythological theme, which fits along with the uh, idea of it all just being sort of a fantasy anyway. Yeah, yeah. So Gloria in her white lingerie looks up excitedly and immediately starts working these three condom dongs. (laughs) So again, yes, it's safe sex. I think when I first noticed that it was like safe sex. Yeah. I was like, oh, they, well, not the first time, because obviously when you went into the club, but the first time they were like being rolled on. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it's interesting because in most porn films that we've seen, we've seen... Especially in more recent porn films, mm-hmm. ones with uh, guys wearing condoms during sex, but you never see it during oral or yeah. certainly not during manual stimulation. Yeah, no, I think at the time, I think, I don't know. I mean, we're being, they're being overly cautious here, which is understandable given the time. Right. Maybe that's what turned everyone off ultimately. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like anyone ever gets like entirely fully hard in the condom. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but maybe that's just, you know, 80s condoms. They were probably like a millimeter thick. Yeah. You know. Like you just, a centimeter thick. Yeah. He's <laughs> not feeling nothing. <laughs> so uh, we see some cock stroking and making out happening in the audience as they're getting excited. This uh, includes a couple of women sucking a man's latex gloved fingers. Yeah. Well, that's fun. That's like medical play. People like that. Yeah, I could see that. Like to suck a little latex. Yeah. (laughs) Gloria keeps swapping back and forth, sucking and stroking these men's cocks in turn. At one point, a guy plants his feet on the trapeze and really starts to thrust into Gloria's mouth with his cock. Mm -hmm. The music here uh, I would describe as weird 80s dark synth circus music. Yeah. Dark cabaret. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, A waitress offers the camera wine, champagne, condoms, latex gloves, and and spermicide. Uh, The audience is all getting in on the action, with women and men both getting manual stimulation. Lots of licking and kissing and massaging of breasts. There's so much happening around the room, and yet so little. Yes, it, it is one of those situations. Yeah. Uh, one of the trapeze guys hangs upside down as he gets sucked off by Gloria. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. After a bit, a fourth white painted man comes up behind Gloria and starts to fuck her from behind in standing doggy style. You might have missed it, but it, this was like a—he was like a statue on the oh. stage. His like eyes pop open. There's like a there's a little noise and his eyes pop open. Oh, I didn't notice yeah. that. Yeah, I was like, ah, I was like, I'm back in. I was getting a little <laughs> bored, but I was like, I'm back in. You got me. So this goes on for a few minutes, and eventually the men rise to the ceiling, and the man fucking her walks away. Gloria stands up, arms outstretched to the sky, seemingly disturbed by being abandoned by this motley crew. In the audience, we see a dental dam in use by some lesbians giving oral. There's a man with the body hair of a Sasquatch getting sucked by a woman in a gold mask. Mm -hmm. There's an enormous woman in a fedora being serviced by three men. Yes. One sucking each boob and another in her crotch. This movie ahead of its time and representation in some ways. Gloria, meanwhile, is sitting pouting on the edge of the stage. She's a very large woman. And, uh, you know? Yeah. She's got some big old tits. 
The titular green door with a Medusa face opens and Pan steps out, blowing on his pan pipes as the rest of the room seems now distracted by doing their own erotic things. Pan, of course, has hairy goat legs and his cock is hanging out. Yeah, they're just chaps, so they don't cover the whole butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gloria is seemingly moved by Pan's music and stands up, stepping back from the stage and staring at him. Pan walks to her slowly, step by step, and then leans her back on one of the tables and starts to kiss and lick her breasts before penetrating her as he stands beside the table with her still laying on it. We see more safe, penetrative sex all around the room. The enormous woman's panties are ripped away and she's licked with a dental dam and fingered with gloves. Pan continues to fuck Gloria on the table. I think she's what they call... There's BBWs, but then there's SSBBWs. I think she's an SSBBW. What's SS? Super Saiyan. Oh, okay, yeah. I think it's like, I think it'd be like super size. I don't know. Okay. That would make sense. I thought it was, I didn't, I thought it was one S, but I, I don't know. It's not, a, that's not a category I dig into it might too just much. Be, it might just be one S. I like Super Saiyan though. Yeah, they're Super Saiyan BBWs. You, they're the biggest ones you can meet. <laughs> Pan continues to fuck Gloria on the table. Uh, we see the bride and groom who came in earlier and the bride is riding the groom cowgirl. There's some doggy style sex in the crowd. The enormous woman's also being fucked doggy style. She needs a name. <laughs> you can't I, just use different fucking. Uh, oh God, you can't just use different adjectives to describe <laughs> her being fat. <laughs> a large-breasted woman joins Gloria and Pan, and they each get a big handful of her breasts. Wow! Uh, look at those tits. Yes, and a mouthful of her hooters, even. A man with large breasts wearing lingerie is uh, disrobed by the S, the Super Saiyan Big Beautiful Woman. Yeah, thank you. Uh, one of the audience members who is not engaged with the others stops a naked man who's walking by with a glass of water. He asks what he's doing, noting he's been walking back and forth with water all night. The man explains there's a fire backstage and he's trying to put it out oh. with one small glass of water at a time, apparently. Damn. Uh, <laughs> good luck, bro. <laughs> Pan picks up Gloria and looks around the room with a devilish look on his face. Then things get surreal, as in the original film. In fact, I think we're reusing some of the shots from uh, the original film. I was going to ask, because it does that like that weird like negative image, like yeah. mirrored thing. I think that is just, it does look like it's probably just ripped straight from the original. We see kind of what appear to be arcing loads yeah. flying across the screen. And this film is, up until this, is no, is uh, noticeable for its lack of loads. Yes. We cut back to Barry in his Rambo gear, jacking it in his wheelchair. We then cut back to an apparent fantasy where, in Gloria's apartment, Barry is laying her oh. on the bed. This is, they're out of the club now, right? These are like separate fantasies. So, yeah, th this he's laying Gloria on Gloria's bed in her apartment. Okay. So it seems to be a different fantasy we've okay. moved on to. Then we have to address that the end of the other fantasy yeah. ends with uh, a man posed as a diver mm -hmm. with latex gloves on who jumps and dives into the large woman. <laughs> 
and that like that's like how it transitions out into those like surreal images. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was uh, that was pretty cool. I was like, whoa! <laughs> I was like, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? Are they gonna do the? Th-? And he, he, she swallowed him whole. <laughs> he was never seen again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in Gloria's apartment, we see Barry laying her on the bed, and she gets on top of him, making out with him. We see some more of the psychedelic shots from the original film and cut to Gloria blowing Barry in her bed, and then Gloria riding Barry cowgirl. After a bit, we see Barry mount Gloria missionary and start to fuck her. This goes on for a couple of minutes, and then we see them switch positions to doggy style, and then him thrusting into her with her shoulders on the bed and him holding her hips up. We fade back to Barry in his wheelchair and see Gloria in her bed playing with herself. She flashes back to her male co-worker asking her out from the beginning of the film. Then we see the same guy in a black room stroking his cock and Gloria putting a condom on it with her mouth. Hmm. Gloria sucks his cock for a moment before she starts to ride his cock cowgirl pretty hard. We cut to him fucking her missionary pretty hard with her legs pinned back and this continues for a bit and he seems to finish safely inside her, and they make out. We cut back to Barry in his chair. He's fallen asleep and is awakened by the crow of the rooster, the crow of the cock. Yeah, they both fell asleep gooning. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) He looks up and and sees Gloria get out of bed, still naked. She opens up her blinds and looks out the window to get a view of the city. She then looks over and sees Barry looking at her, and she screams and covers up her body as we get a freeze frame. Mm -hmm. We then cut to the horrific upside-down mouth lady again. You're terrified of these things. They were all over Nickelodeon in the early 90s. Yes, that's what made me scared scared of Nickelodeon. (laughs) (laughs) She says, So, have you got the message? You don't get venereal disease or AIDS by breathing the air or holding hands only by sharing body fluids. So, if you choose to have multiple sex partners, remember, take Wanda's advice. Play it safe. Good evening, and good... And then it goes, cuts the credits. <laughs> Oops. Uh, well. And that was Behind the Green Door, the sequel. Man. That was quite an expose, boss. It was. They're going to shut that club down now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> because of you. Yeah, well... Probably the murders in the 90s. Yeah, they've probably been (laughs) shut down for a while. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Behind the Green Door, the sequel. The squeakquel. No. (laughs) Hey, not your brother up there? All right, we're back on the Raincoat Report. We're taking our 
our next step behind the green door, and it's time once again for... <laughs> Damn it. The raincoat review. <laughs> Start it laughing, you end it laughing. It's good. Excellent. Yeah. Well, um, we sure went behind the green door. We sure did. Uh, this was a... Uh, it's a curious little film that seems kind of like a, uh, it's one of those films, uh, that would win like a Razzie if it was like a normal movie, Yeah, you know, like for being like a weird flop. Yeah. Um, but they took some chances. The safe sex stuff is, uh, obviously I think they were overdoing it here, but you know, it was 1986. It was, it was well-intentioned. Yeah, it was well-intentioned. I think it. I don't think it really like ruins the sex or anything, but they call it a money shot for a reason, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. where all the money comes from. That's where all the money comes from. People just want to see that white. <laughs> and that's how you make some green. Yes, white equals green. That's yeah. the money shot philosophy. The choice of having an upside down head puppet was uh, interesting and bizarre. Yeah, yeah. The whole film has a, uh, a pretty decent, uh, like kind of like a surrealist sort of edge to it. Uh, I should I should note for our listeners because I don't think it was described well that at the beginning and end of the movie what I meant by the upside down face thing is that it's one of those things where somebody draws like eyes on their chin yeah and then lays their head upside down right. and then talks uh with the chin being the eyes and uh, so the forth. uh the rest of their head making up the body of whatever creature it is it's all upside down and it really disturbs boss yes it's unsettling <laughs> and i don't like it okay <laughs> but the whole film has that kind of vibe uh and i think the idea of like the green door club itself is more realized in this film than in the original yeah yeah though this film obviously takes like most of its structure from that though the setup is a bit more involved and uh interesting in its own right it has a sort of like a kind of like a darkness to it that reminds me a little bit of uh corruption yeah and that kind of carries through a bit into the club as well mm-hmm. not quite as much because it gets like less dark after that yeah but uh i think it was a bold move to make the first 20 minutes of your 74 minute movie or 84 minute movie or whatever into uh an opening but i guess you kind of have to when it's a uh, fantasy yeah, well, and the thing is, like, in the movie itself, in reality, there's no sex in the movie. Which is the safest sex of all. Yeah, except for masturbation. No, it's safer than that. Well, to no. not have sex at all. There is masturbation in the movie, is what I meant. Oh, yes. Yes, the, not having sex is the safest sex of, of all. Yeah, this is... Masturbation is second place. That's... I learned... Well, no. I learned... uh the first part in eighth and sixth grade and the other part also learned in sixth grade, but it's bad. Oh, okay. Masturbation's in last place. You'll go to hell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, shit. We've talked a lot about it. You know about the dry ground. Oh yeah. You don't want to spill seed on the dry ground. Oh, it's bad. That's but... why you have to wear a condom when you jack off. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's yeah. why this film was made. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it is interesting that this film does seem to be kind of like a giant PSA in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can kind of understand why it was a flop, but I thought there was enough interesting stuff here. A lot of uh, bizarre imagery and uh, 
well, mostly bizarre imagery, I would say, because it is a, uh, it's not a silent film, but it's one of those things where it is like 90% just different sex acts. Right, right. But uh, I think there's a decent variety. Uh, you get to see some stuff you really haven't seen before. I don't know if there had been a larger woman in pornography before this point, but I certainly haven't seen her. Yeah, this is this is the first time we've covered her. Yeah. Um, and uh, strange kind of bordering on medical glove play. Uh, things like that uh, keep it interesting. Uh, there's nice little touches as well, as I mentioned, when the uh, man dives into her to end the scene. <laughs> or uh, the uh, automatic mom in her rocking chair. Oh, yeah, Just yeah. odd stuff like that keeps kept me intrigued. Uh, I would probably give it a solid three and a half. I think I liked it better than the original. Okay. Because um, I think there are ideas that are a little bit more well-developed. But uh, it is lacking something, and that something has come. Okay. This movie could have been drenched. <laughs> and I would probably would have given it four stars. But I think a solid three and a half is what it deserves. Definitely... A worthy sequel, a strong squeakquel, and uh, that's going to do it for me, boss. I would say that I think that it's it's definitely interesting. The opening twenty minutes where there's no sex at all in it is a bold choice, as you yeah. mentioned. Um, I think that the fact that it is kind of like a PSA about safe sex is interesting. Yeah. It gives it some novelty that other films at the time didn't, because we just covered the devil and miss Jones three and four same year. No condoms in that. Yeah. Um, the, the cast here is largely unknown to me. Yeah. Um, I saw that un like, uh, Jack Wrangler appears in here. Mm hmm. That's the only name I recognize, really. I think that Missy Manners, uh, I'm, as I mentioned in my notes, uh, had a killer body. Yeah, she does. Uh, so she's she's very good looking. Um, honestly, though, it it's like a weird setup at the beginning that I was waiting to build to something more. Yeah. And like once we get to the club, it's just a bunch of sex scenes. Mm -hmm. And I got kind of bored with it. As we got about halfway through the mo the movie, um, but there are a lot of interesting things about it. I'm gonna give it two and a half stars. All right. It's. I wouldn't say that it's bad, and I would say that overall, I'm happy that I watched it, and mm -hmm. there are interesting things about it, and I would probably watch it again in the future, not anytime soon, but yeah. at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. There's enough interesting things about it that I feel like I could write an essay about it, but at the same time, like, a large bulk of the movie is just a bunch of sex scenes, and they're, and it's not just that, but there's so much focus on, like, sex happening around the room in this orgy where you don't really get to focus on the characters having sex to mm -hmm. get really invested in their sex acts. I mean, obviously, you mainly follow Missy Manners and her sex acts. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, those are those are good, but I don't know. It, the film itself, it, it's kind of the thing that I didn't like so much about the original, but... Yeah. 
I think the original felt a little bit more psychedelic, okay. especially with like towards the end of the movie, all the weird psychedelic stuff they do. Right. And really all this one did was like, it stole some of that footage and did a couple shots that were unique to this mm-hmm. film that were kind of similar, but it didn't like try to do anything different really. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just have like a split down the middle feeling about this movie. I like things about it. I dislike other things about it. Two and a half stars. Two and a half stars. Judgment rendered. Judgment passed. Court adjourned. <laughs> no one got bonked this week. That's good. Yeah, this week was a week of nonviolence. Well, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Raincoat Report at gmail.com if you want to uh, send us an email. Patreon.com slash Raincoat Report if you want to follow us. For five bucks a month, you get two bonus episodes, including last week's episode, where we talked about the uh, last couple episodes of season one of Playboy TV's Foursome, where some. Uh, Wacky events took place as usual. Um, but we've got a pretty good catalog of these old Patreon episodes, so if you want to stop in and check them all out, five bucks a month. Yeah. Early access to our normal episodes, mm-hmm. and uh, they're ad-free in case you normally hear ads on here, which may or may not be the case by the time you hear this. We'll see what happens. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's the Raincoat Report. I did the ad so bad they took it away. <laughs> and you know um if you want to have safe sex don't forget your raincoat oh yeah yeah <laughs>